Unbelievable knockout. Can you believe it? Good, good morning, morning, good, good afternoon. afternoon, wherever you are, you're listening to the Mo the Joe's Sports Podcast. <laughs> yeah, man. Hello everyone and welcome back to episode 2 of the Mojo Sports Podcast or what I should say is Mojo International Sports Podcast, Jordan. Yeah mate, we are indeed international. We have crossed the Atlantic all the way over to Canada in our first episode which was pretty exciting mate. Uh, how do you feel about it? I love it. I thought we were just going to stick to family, friends, my grand, co-workers but turns out international sports podcast. I love the sound of it. Yeah man, let's just keep it growing right? Exactly. So we start off this week with Formula 1, Jordan. Do you want give us the lowdown of what's happened this past week of racing yeah a lot has actually happened in the past week in Formula 1 what we've had is we've had the first race in Austria for the Formula 1 calendar which was due to start a lot earlier in the year in Australia unfortunately due to the global situation we've had over the last couple of months we've then had a delayed season what we now have though is we have returned to racing the first race has come and gone and we are now in the weekend of the second race the first race held in Austria Austria, the second race at the Styrian GP in the exact same track in Austria. This baffles me. It really does. It's the same race, same track, everything exactly the same. I thought we'd maybe like switch up and maybe do the course backwards or something, but yeah, I kind of understand where they're coming from, but it still seems a bit strange. Yeah, doing the exact same track in the exact same way two weeks in a row is a bit odd. So as a fan, I follow a lot of the forums and also a lot of the community pages as well on Reddit, for example, and there was a lot of suggestions there that we may see something like you were suggesting with the reverse tracks possibly what's considered reverse grids where whoever finishes in first to eighth they essentially switch so like eighth becomes first and first becomes eighth there was a lot of discussions but like a lot of sports it's a very democratic process a majority of the teams turned it down turned down those suggestions so we got the same weekend two weeks in a row and it should make for some interesting racing we have seen a little bit of a shake up in qualifying times from first week to second week which has been great on that point have you had a look at what's going on in Formula 1 at the moment have you been able to catch up on everything I have not actually I've been out all day today it's Saturday today as we're recording this so I've not seen anything so this is news to me so I'd love to hear what's happening also if we get half as an exciting race as last week then surely we're winning right oh yeah absolutely as fans I think we're destined to be in for a good weekend regardless of what happens so just a quick rundown for anyone who isn't a Formula 1 fan or is and hasn't been able to catch up last weekend as I mentioned it's the first weekend back what we had was a super exciting race we had a double DNF from Red Bull unfortunately one due to mechanical issues the other due to a mechanical issue caused by another driver that other driver was someone who had a super unlucky weekend in Lewis Hamilton first of all after qualifying he was then penalised and had to drop back into the grid and then during the race he accidentally from my opinion accidentally spun out Alex Albon and that point received a five second penalty so wherever he finished he was then five seconds behind however that wasn't all negative for formula one as what we did get to see was a racer take their first podium in lando norris little lando norris he is a british driver so he's close to our hearts if you're a british f1 fan he took his first podium finishing in third in second we had charles leclerc in ferrari and then in first we had valtteri bottas in the mercedes so it was a super exciting weekend a lot of mix-up we actually only had 11 
seven cars finish so that was quite mad to see and this weekend it's looking super exciting we've seen Lewis Hamilton come on top followed by Max Verstappen in a Red Bull who's hopefully going to be able to finish this race this weekend put a little bit of competition on our front pack so far and we've then had Carlos Sainz from McLaren who is actually moving to Ferrari next season qualify in third which is really exciting we've seen a mix up both weekends so far although we're saying it's the exact same track it's the exact same course we've seen a very different weekend from what we saw last lots of teams trying a lot of different things and also we've had two very different weekends as last weekend we had the glorious sunshine and this weekend we've had a pour down during qualifying so it was a very wet race in terms of getting into those qualifying positions what that looks like for tomorrow we'll have to wait and see and of course by the time you're listening to this you'll already know but Martin what's your opinion there on dry races versus wet races do you have an opinion at all when it comes to what you would rather watch I think the ideal situation is in between a really really wet race is too boring to watch a dry race can be a bit boring to watch or even better when it's dry and it switches to a wet race and you've got all the pits and all that sort of stuff just makes it a wee bit more interesting that race. I would actually totally agree with you there mate as a lifelong F1 fan the most exciting races are the ones that are unpredictable so when you throw a spanner and the works like changing weather conditions it is super exciting and it's something I do like to watch I think the ideal start for me would be we see the race start off wet and then throughout the period of the race it begins to dry up so we go from a very tactical we'll start with these wet tyres and we'll run these out as far as we can and then switching into the intermediates and then going into the softer platforms as the track begins to dry up and hopefully we'll see a lot faster racing potentially some fireworks hopefully we have more than 11 racers that finish this weekend but it's all to be seen for us and by the time again you guys are listening you'll be able to tell us but we'll be sure to review it next week so it's super exciting coming from a Formula 1 fan's perspective as we start the weekend off with some excellent racing by all accounts so I'm just interested Jordan obviously people will be listening to us and the results are already in but can, can you predict for us please your podium oh my podium that is a very good one mate I personally would love to see Lewis Hamilton finishing first I do believe he is destined to win the championship this season he has been a talisman for the sport as long as he's been in it so I'd like to see him finish first in terms of second and third it's very open we have Sebastian Ocon in Renault qualifying in fifth I would quite like to see him creep up and maybe get second or third that would be really interesting and someone else as well who maybe has an outside shot is Pierre Gasly he is the driver who last season started at Red Bull but then it was actually demoted to their junior team in AlphaTauri which was actually last year Toro Rosso so I'd quite like to see him maybe finish in second or third but in terms of who I think will be there I think we'll see Lewis Hamilton Max Verstappen and Valtteri Bottas Sounds like a pretty basic non-exciting race as compared to last week with some new people in there etc Yeah I think just based on the drivers now getting a bit of consistency we will see the more talented drivers sitting up there the ones with the faster more consistent cars in your Mercedes and Red Bull being able to stick in to those top positions Valtteri Bottas started off really well last weekend with a win he will definitely be looking to stick it in that top field to try and compete with Lewis going throughout the season as he has proven himself to be very competitive but just a step behind Lewis so he started off on the right foot and I think he'll aim to continue Lewis, Max and Valtteri Bottas is definitely the way I'd be saying it it might be a basic one but I'm sure it's going to be an exciting race so Jordan I've seen when I was researching this that Mercedes haven't tied down either one of their top drivers yet is this correct? By all accounts yeah there's not been anything official to say that Lewis Hamilton has signed their contract or that Valtteri Bottas has signed the contract but you see them that they will do I, I predict that they will yes Mercedes 
Mercedes have over the last couple of seasons, even going back to when Lewis joined Mercedes with Nico Rosberg, they've had a very successful season when they've had a duo of Lewis and another driver. But even when Lewis didn't win it, when Nico Rosberg won it, they were always really close. I don't think they would want to jeopardise the consistency they've managed to develop over the past six, nearly seven years now. So you see Mercedes sticking with the two fastest drivers in F1? Interesting choice of words there, mate. I would say I see them sticking with the two drivers they have, Lewis Hamilton being the fastest and Valtteri Bottas being their other option. I wouldn't say that Valtteri Bottas is one of the fastest drivers. I do believe he has the fastest car in the Mercedes that he has just now. So him and Lewis, of course, sharing that team. So they de facto have the fastest car. They've proven that in their qualifying and their finishing positions over the last two, three seasons. Yeah, I see them sticking with it, but I would I would never say Valtteri Bottas was one of the fastest drivers. I wouldn't like to think he is anyway. Okay, you've stuck me with asking you this question, Jordan. So if you're the owner of Mercedes, if you're sending the fastest car, right, you'll pick Lewis Hamilton as your main driver. Who are you picking as your second? You have unlimited choices. Who are you picking as your second driver? I personally would love to see Mercedes bring in George Russell, who is at Williams. He is part of the Mercedes driving academy that they have. So I would like to see him in that second seat. He's very young and a lot of teams have proven just now currently that young drivers are the way forward. I think Mercedes have a very experienced setup with Lewis and Valtteri, but I don't think they have currently got a team that will grow in the next five to ten years with them. Whereas if you bring in George Russell right now for next season in place of Valtteri Bottas, he gets to learn off Lewis Hamilton for two or three seasons and then he gets to become the number one. So I would like to see him in place of Valtteri Bottas. That's interesting. As said before, I'm someone that doesn't follow F1 too strongly. I would not have thought you would have chosen him. I would have thought you would have chosen a well-known name sort of thing, like a Daniel Ricciardo or a Vettel or Nico Rosberg coming back at retirement. Like I thought it would have been someone a big name like that. So it's very interesting to hear. You're very um, out with the old, in with the new. I love it. Yeah, when it comes to out with the old, in with the new, I think each team needs someone who is more experienced and someone who is young and up and coming. We've seen with Red Bull, for instance, they have Max Verstappen and Alex Albon, two relatively young drivers. Max Verstappen has been in the sport for a long time currently. I think this is his fourth or fifth season with Red Bull, but he started really young. He was 17 or 18 when he was confirmed to have a seat at Red Bull. So what we have there is someone who has a lot of experience for a very young person. With Mercedes, they have two drivers with a lot of experience, but with Lewis Hamilton, you have the star, the face of Formula One, and really, I think to complement that, you need to have a growing star as well. I don't see Valtteri Bottas being really one of those go-to faces within Formula One or being one of those drivers who's remembered for his time in Formula One. He will go down as a very good very good driver. He's a very talented driver, but he's not one of those standout characters. Even the likes of Nico Rosberg, who did essentially play second fiddle to Lewis Hamilton, was more of one of those standout characters during his time in Formula One. It is almost wasted years, isn't it? You have someone who's younger under Lewis Hamilton ready to learn. I doubt Boas is looking to learn from Lewis Hamilton more trying to beat him. So understand where you're coming from. It's a good point. Yeah, and with Formula One, we're seeing the the most recent crop of stars be these younger guys who are coming in. They're bringing in the sponsors. They're bringing in new eyes. They're reaching out not just on the track, but during lockdown, for instance, we had a lot of the younger drivers go on to the e-racing circuit. So for those who don't know, that's essentially live streaming video games, but racing against other professional racers within video games. And that really did allow Formula One's audience to be a bit more 
included in their life so we're getting to know them more as the social media age is currently going on I think these younger drivers are more equipped to deal with that and also to utilise that to grow their brand I mean I know that I would be more inclined to follow someone in fact I do follow Daniel Ricardo just because he retweets all of his funny stuff that he does so I know me being 24 year old I'd be more inclined to follow someone who's more social on social media I mean Daniel Ricardo is probably my favourite driver purely because of how fun he is really on social media so totally get your point and totally makes sense in this day and age really yeah Daniel Ricardo is hands down one of my favourite drivers on the grid not just because he is a really funny guy he comes across very genuine in all his interviews he is a really talented and really exciting driver as well and he really will put his foot down and race so he is in a car which was seen as not being really competitive last season but last weekend he was able to put in a race that was very impressive for a car that was expected not to be competitive and then this weekend he has qualified in 8 I hope he finishes higher up I don't quite see it just because of who's around him I really do hope he kind of finishes within that 4th to 10th place and starts to build that up as he begins his transition over to McLaren starting to race for them next season I I do love him I do agree probably one of my favourite racers if not the favourite guy on the grid so Martin moving on from Formula 1 that's been my review of the weekend we've just had the weekend we are currently in and the race we've got coming up some exciting news some really big news happening in the world of NFL I'm hoping you can talk to me about it teach the audience as well about what's been going on and just the absolute game changing events that have happened yes so the first bit of NFL news we have today is massive all about the dollar really and it comes to what is probably not a household name around world sports if you're into NFL of course but if you're not into NFL and NFL bubble you might not know this name of Patrick Mahomes he now has the biggest sports contract ever made and this is a 10 year 503 million dollar deal struck up during this week and it is an incredible amount of money did you hear about this Jordan? I did as I mentioned last week I'm not a massive follower of NFL but this blew up everywhere I was so surprised by the amount and also just the, the length of the contract as you mentioned so yeah I'm definitely aware of what's going on here in the world of NFL right now so just in comparison before we delve into the numbers I have a list of the top 10 sports persons and their contracts okay these are some insane numbers I'm not going to go through the names because I don't know the majority of them and without sounding real I don't think you will leave on Jordan but I'll go through what sport they are so number one Patrick Mahomes number two is baseball then boxing and then from four down to ten baseball so baseball are these massive contracts six, seven, eight, nine, ten years eleven years twelve years huge amounts of contracts you don't really get that in many sports including NFL so this is why it's such a massive massive contract so if we dive into the numbers it's incredible incredible I remember doing this sort of thing Jordan I don't know if you did this when you were younger but I remember when I think it was David Beckham doing LA Galaxy this huge number and they sort of done what they've done here is how much he earns a year a day an hour a minute a second and it was sort of like if he drops a pound coin by the time he picks it back up he's earned that pound coin do, do something like that yeah I, I think we saw the same thing the breakdown is insane you want to go over it for us mate I think the people who are listening will agree as well Patrick Mahomes earnings when you just break it down is shocking yeah absolutely so for the 10 years it's a 503 million dollars and if you're amazing at maths you divide that by 10 you get a one year hmm. 50.3 mil- million okay fair enough but when you dive that down to one day he earns 137,808 cents like that's insane it's incredible and if you even take it even further a minute $96 and he earns $1.60 a second which is probably about like a pound 20 pound 30 a second if you take it into 
British sterling. It's incredible amounts of money, John. Yeah. What do you think about this? The the money that we're seeing here is just on another level. Like he earns a decent night out here in Edinburgh, for instance, in a minute. It's insane for a sportsman. I, I researched this a little bit and looking into it, and we had a little bit of a conversation about it as well. Of course, so you educate me a little bit on everything. And um, if someone deserves it, the opinion I've come across when I've looked at him but broke him down, it, it does seem as if for the potential this may be a really sound investment I would really love to get your opinion on that though mate so he's been in the league for three years only played two because he sat behind the starting quarterback of Alex Smith for a year but after only playing two seasons he was MVP of the league the first season and Super Bowl winner and Super Bowl MVP the second season without a shadow of a doubt he is the most exciting prospect in NFL right now and in my opinion the best player but it's just a 10 year contract and a very physical sport we mentioned baseball earlier in that list it's a non-contact sport baseball you're not hitting people every chance you get whereas the whole defence their job is to whack the quarterback and stop the quarterback so in a sport that's full contact like NFL a 10 year contract that the majority of it is guaranteed it's incredible worth it maybe come back to me in 5 years time and I'll <laughs> tell you but right now I'd probably say it is worth it just on the edge of that line I'd say it's worth it but again come back to me because I've got no idea if he gets injured then it's a whole different story I do have one question about this for you Jordan though yes mate go for it in the entire world of sport any sport you wish from football slash soccer not soccer <laughs> not to soccer. tiddlywink who in your opinion deserves a 10 year contract doesn't matter about how much it is a 10 year contract okay. for one sports person can you think of anybody off the top of your head oh, you've done me there mate let's have a think so 10 year contract any sports person I, I'm going to go for the sport I'm most comfortable with in football or soccer but definitely not soccer <laughs> I think I would probably be inclined to say Erling Haaland who currently plays for Borussia Dortmund he seems like one of those once in a generation talents he's really young I believe he's 19 20 years old something like that a 10 year investment into him would probably be quite a wise thing even if you're saying you want to review these things because like the NFL football is also a contact sport so anything can happen but if I had to pick one one person right now I'd probably say Haaland from Borussia Dortmund and yeah 10 year contract what the money would be I would have no idea I am in no way shape or form qualified to suggest that but probably a good idea for a 10 year contract with that man what about you sports persons across the globe any sport you want who are you picking for a 10 year contract if it's not Patrick Mahomes I think if I was to pick anyone if you were to ask me this last week or two weeks ago I probably would have said Patrick Mahomes genuinely but if you're saying not Patrick Mahomes I would probably be inclined to have someone who's done massive bits already and that would probably be Kylian Mbappe Ooh. he's he's young enough and I mean he's what, he's also 2021 or something he's won a World Cup and he's just really won the Champions League and he's won the two massive trophies in his sport but yeah I think I'll go with Kylian Mbappe solid choice mate that that I didn't even consider him there but yeah Kylian Mbappe one of those players I think has probably proven his worth already so yeah that's solid choice in my book thanks Mark for giving us an update on uh, Patrick Mahomes story it's super interesting I do believe we'll get a little bit more details as the weeks go on to how exactly that's going to look so looking forward to that I know there is actually other news within the NFL that's been an ongoing conversation do you want to talk us over that as well mate? The other news in the NFL is the story of the Washington Redskins changing their name so the Washington Redskins are changing their name possibly off the back of the Black Lives Matter movement this has been a common thing and I'm 
America recently. If you take the Cleveland Indians, for example, they had to change a part of their logo as it was seen offensive to Native American Indians. So it is something that is in the focus right now of trying to change these teams and make them a bit more normal, really. It's a bit strange to have such as a racial slur in your name mm. and weird things on your logo. Yeah. What do you think about this, Jordan? Yeah, I, I would agree. It does seem to me in this day and age, and especially around the conversations we're having just now around the Black Lives Matter movement, as you've mentioned there, to have such a blatant derogatory and basically racist term in your name. I'm totally against having names like this in sport, and I would love to see them change it. I know their fans have been quite active online as well in regards to that. As well. I'm pretty right in saying that, am I not, mate? Yeah, absolutely. This isn't a, a, a new thing. It's coming to, to the news for now, but it's just it's not a new thing. It's been going on for years. People campaigning to get this name changed because it just doesn't really make sense, which is obviously, mm. it makes sense, but it's just strange that it takes something like the Black Lives Matter movement for something like this to change. It's an odd one. And I'm, like you, I'm glad it's getting changed. But again, I'm going to throw a question back to you, Jordan. I'm hoping you've not looked into what the names are going to be, but if you had the choice to name an NFL team, it doesn't have to be the Washington Redskins, but if you had to name an NFL team, because you've got like the Steelers, the Seahawks, the Patriots, all that sort of thing, what would you name an NFL team? What would I name the, an NFL team? This is yeah. uh, this is a good question, man. Um, In fact, wait, I'll throw it back to you more. There's a, people have been saying that there might be a London NFL team, okay? So what do you name a London NFL team? I'll give you a wee hint, okay? One name said is the London Bulldogs. I like so that. So the hint, like, the, 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 it's got to have a link to, like, the country or the city sort of thing. I, I do I do like that. That, that is interesting. The, the London Bulldogs. It does feel right, that, doesn't it? For me, that's a name I've always loved. I, I'm going to go back to the question you had originally there. What would I call a team? Is there's a basketball team called the Minnesota Timberwolves. I've always loved the name Timberwolves. And I think that just is such an it's such a cool name. It's such a interesting one. So that's probably my favourite and like go to I had no idea how London could get the Timberwolves in there, but it's kind of cool I think the Bulldogs are probably better though it's definitely a better option it makes sense if you're from the UK you probably played a game I believe it's called is it called British Bulldog is that correct is yeah. that, I'm not going to get into that right now but it sounds right and if that has any cultural reference in London in terms of being quite appropriate then 100% go for it I like that I can't think of anything else that would probably be better than that what about you if you had to name a sports team or let's go for the London team that we're talking about here just now any suggestions on your end oh I quite like the idea of what like what you're saying with the Timberwolves I, I love a name that doesn't transfer into the other sport like you know how for example you've got like named after an animal and therefore the NBA NFL NHL baseball as well like we can take that name like you, you can be the somebody Tigers in any league I like the idea of a very unique name and I feel Bulldogs I suppose is good because you're not going to use that in any other sport really so I do like that to be fair yeah definitely so we're not just saying this for the fun of it obviously Washington are changing their name and some of the ones that I've heard you have the Washington Red Tails and they're named after a World War 2 group where you also have the Warriors it's kind of a link because you've got the NBA and the Golden State Warriors and Jordan I think you've seen just before we came on recording this that there was a new favourite yeah mate a new favourite from a fan poll just to be clear this isn't something I'm not aware of it being officially talked about by 
by the team at the moment, but it definitely is something I like the sound of, and it was the Washington Red Wolves. So we're just talking there about, for instance, the Timberwolves that we we quite like the name of, naming things after animals. Pretty cool, and I, I, I'm for that. I like that. The suggestions, I've just had a look up here, and as you correctly stated, we've got the Red Tails, we've got the Warriors. Another option was Defenders, and then the Red Wolves. That one sticks out to me. What about you? Red Wolves sounds good. I think anything that isn't Defenders, I'll be happy with. We would like to hear your opinions. Does Red Tails sound good to you? Does Defenders sound good to you? Or Red Wolves? Red Wolves, I think, is the one, Jordan. Red, Red Wolves, and our fourth and final option, not to forget, is also Warriors. Red Wolves, obviously. Definitely Red Wolves. Thanks guys so much for making it to this point so far. We are at the midway point for our topics. We've covered two very interesting sports and the stories within them. We've got two other sports and the stories within them coming up. Just what we'd like to say is we've had some excellent interaction from everyone who's listened so far. A lot of great feedback. And to keep that coming, we'd really love this social interaction to continue, getting you guys engaged, telling us your hot topics and what you'd like to hear us talk about next. We have had some excellent suggestions and I promise you, if we can find a way to get them into the episode, we certainly will. So, a little shout out to Gareth. I feel like he mentioned on Facebook about how we should be doing rugby. Rugby's not a strong point, but we'll try and plug it in somewhere, I promise you. We are definitely going to be focusing on some sports that we're not as comfortable with. As you'll have seen with myself, super informed with NFL, but we're going to take it week by week, hopefully learn some new sports together, teach each other about our favourite sports and look to move forward. So why don't you guys hit us up and let us know what your favourite sports are, what you want to hear us talk about, and any interesting stories that we may not have covered as of yet. But if you want to follow us, we would appreciate it. We have our Twitter, which is at Mojo Sports Pod. Our Instagram is Mojo underscore Sports Pod. And if you search us on Facebook, which is the Mojo Sports Podcast, you should be able to find our group. Getting okay. It's not private, public, nice and fun. That's probably the best form of engagement. Get on it. Let us know what you think. Thanks, guys. As mentioned before, Jordan says he's not the biggest fan of NFL, getting to learn it. I'm exactly the same with this next topic with MMA I know nothing about it I'm happy to learn looking to learn so Jordan what's the news with MMA this week so the news with MMA this week at the time of recording we are only a couple of hours away from UFC 251 on this card we have the title fight between Alexander Volkanovsky versus Max Holloway which is looking to be an exciting fight and then another title fight with Peter Yan versus Yosi Aldo as well and is being headlined by Jorge Masvidal versus Kamara Usman for the welterweight championship it just looks like it's destined to be a great card tonight by the time this episode comes out we'll have known who is the champion's So yeah man, for me personally, we've got an exciting night of fights all the way from the early prelims to the main card. It's stacked. I am interested to hear these fights and who you think are going to win. So Jordan, for someone like myself, I'm interested to know who is going to be the highlights that I'm looking at. Interesting one. There's a few, I would say, ready-made classics in the waiting for these fights that we've got coming up. I'm going to be a bit biased on my first pick purely because the first fighter that I'm choosing is a Scottish fighter. He's an Edinburgh lad. It's Danny Henry 
versus Marquan Amir Kani. This is a really interesting fight for me. Both fighters are coming off losses, both losses being a finish. Amir Kani being KO'd in his last fight against Burgos and Danny Henry being submitted in his last fight against Ige. So for me, the first fight I'd recommend anyone listening to watch is the highlights of that. It's going to be super interesting. I do think this one will go to a finish. It's a prediction I will make now. Only time will tell, however. The second fight that I'm really interested to see is the comeback of Paige Van Zandt. She is fighting Amanda Rebus. They're both coming off a win. I would really love to see Paige Van Zandt win this one. Then we have a rematch between Jessica Andrade and Rosanama Yunes. The last time these two fought, it ended in a KO via slam. The winner being Jessica Andrade, where she took the title of Rosanama Yunes. Jessica Andrade has since lost that title. And Rosanama Yunes is looking to get back on the ladder to be in contention. That is a ready-made highlight reel, in my opinion, as well. And am I right in saying that the main fight is Usman versus Masvidal? I've seen that as the trailer, almost, as to this UFC. Yes, you'd be bang on, mate. We have the champion in Kamaru Usman preparing to fight the contender in Jorge Masvidal. Interesting thing about Jorge Masvidal, he is considered currently the BMS of the UFC. Both are coming off stellar performances where Kamaru Usman knocked out Colby Covington and Jorge Masvidal stopped one of the baddest men in the entire sport in Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz famously one of the people to beat Conor McGregor. He stopped him via doctor stoppage. These are both amazing fighters, dynamic fighters, and they're willing to go to war. So I've said in the last three fights, these are ready-made highlight reels. I guarantee this fight is going to produce some amazing highlights. Well, from what I've seen from the trailer, it looked like, I don't know which one it was, which fighter it was, but the whole knee to the face within like five seconds, that was pretty incredible. Yeah. Which I'd imagine, I'd imagine as a fan of the sport, it's incredible too. Yeah, that is indeed, mate. So Jorge Masvidal, the fight before last, he fought Ben Askren. He knocked out Ben Askren in five seconds. Technically knocked him out a lot quicker than that. It is the fastest stoppage we have seen in the UFC. Unbelievable. This is what makes Jorge Masvidal an amazing fighter. You do not know how he's going to start. You do not know where he's going to go. Is he going to stand up? Is he going to go to the ground? But on the other side of that, Kamara Usman is ready to go wherever as well. He is on an 11-fight win streak, Kamara Usman. The Jorge Masvidal's three. By the time everyone at home is listening, we'll know the results. The issue that I have with watching MMA is the whole smashing someone when they're down. So when I watched that fighter knee the other fighter in the face and hit two massive punches to the face while he was down unconscious, it sort of doesn't sit right with me watching that. I'd like to get a fan's point of view, but when I seen that in the highlights, it just didn't sit right with me punching someone twice in the face after being knocked out. It just Yeah, I totally get it, mate, from a fan's point of view. With a knockout such as that, they happen so fast. Fighters are in this frame of mind where it's almost like tunnel vision. They don't stop until they're stopped. And the person whose job it is to stop the fight is the referee. We saw Jorge Masvidal come out after that fight to say he was waiting for the referee to stop him. When he did, he did stop. So for me, 
it is exciting to see. I do see the other side, however, where you can have something there that doesn't quite sit right. I think in the case that we're talking about here, Jorge Masvidal maybe could have been stopped two seconds sooner. But when you're thinking about this is a fight that lasted five seconds, how quickly can you react with two extra seconds to pull a man off another man? Jorge Masvidal had this tunnel vision. He was out to stop Ben Askren. He did stop Ben Askren, but it happened so fast that the referee didn't have the opportunity to stop it altogether. So it's not what it sounds like you're saying is it's not so much the fighter's fault, more a referee and mistake. I suppose a mistake a bit hard considering the time you're stating, but more on the ref than the fighter. So I think it goes both ways. I think a fighter has to be in that frame of mind to stop once it's stopped. There is another thing you've got to consider of fights past as well. Ben Askren had a fight where he looked like he was out and managed to essentially just come back and win it. So if I'm Jorge Masvidal, I'm looking at that going, he might not be down, he might just be getting back up. So his immediate reaction, what he has trained himself to do on his time on this earth is be a combat fighter. And he has done that really well. And he is performing at such a high level, it's almost autonomous now. So I wouldn't put blame on either referee or the fighters. I would say it is just a reactionary thing. I think, say this had happened within a minute, and we kind of scale that up, then you're probably going to see that fighters react a lot differently. But when it's so fast, it's so rapid, you're going to see outcomes where there is a few unnecessary hits. I suppose it's just part of the game, really, isn't it? It's like if it's a high tackle in American football or if somebody goes studs up and breaks someone's leg in football, soccer, slash not soccer. It's just one of these things that happens, really, isn't it? It's just part of the game. Indeed, mate, it is. And a, a quote that you hear a lot from fighters, not just in MMA, but in boxing and kickboxing, jiu-jitsu, you don't play these sports, you fight. These things are bound to happen. I don't want to put opinion out there that these fighters are barbarians because they're not. These are professional athletes, and at the end of the day, they will behave like professional athletes. They play within the, the rules of the game, and... I believe I suppose yeah I do see your point with that to be fair I would like to hear the listener's point of view again from the socials we mentioned just before this tell us what you think are these hits a bit too much part of the game instinct let us know I do believe Jordan that there is one other big news to be fair in MMA that's all about the dollar really isn't it yeah definitely so the UFC are like other sports securing the bag at the moment so what we have here in terms of news just to round up the UFC news for this weekend is UFC have announced as of 2021 they will be parting ways with Reebok in terms of their apparel deal and they have partnered with what is seen as quite a heritage brand within the MMA community in Venom so UFC and Venom have agreed an apparel deal for fighters so this means they will be the people that produce the fight week gear maybe some of the outfits that you'll see on the website and that you can purchase so when you have say a very good example is like Conor McGregor's t-shirts with the UFC on it you'll now see Conor McGregor by Venom if he's still around when this deal goes through and a good caveat to this it's been quite interesting as Venom currently don't actually manufacture footwear Reebok will continue to serve as the UFC's official footwear provider through 2021 as to what happens after that we don't know as of yet this is a developing story yeah that's the news the UFC have partnered up with Venom to be their official apparel sponsor which is interesting this will have benefits to the fighters going forward as to what that will be I'll be sure to update everyone as we get more news so just as a question on this Jordan do you own any UFC Reebok branded things yes mate I, I do actually 
for anyone listening out there just a good little caveat i do like to not just watch mixed martial arts i do like to participate in it as well in train i do find the gear that reebok put out is actually really good this isn't sponsored by reebok of course but uh just i just want to make that very clear but yeah i do i do own some ufc apparel i do own some reebok apparel specific to their combat sports division and yeah i have no complaints over it at all i have in the past owned venom apparel as well i'll be interested to see what they come out with as reebok have made some questionable decisions throughout their deal with the UFC I won't get into it just now it is a topic I think deserves a little bit more time than we've got on this issue at the moment but yeah I think it's a good move for the UFC to move on Dana White did say when he signed Reebok he wanted a singular apparel sponsor to make the sport more professional as I previously alluded to mixed martial arts sometimes has the opinion of being quite brutal quite barbaric quite unregulated when it's anything but it's a very regulated sport with lots of rules so yeah this this continues the aim of the UFC to make more professional I think and it's just like football teams do when they're moving from Nike to Adidas or from say Hummel to Umbro whatever it may be whatever floats your boat there whatever, whatever professional team you support you'll have seen this before with the NBA for instance moving from Adidas to Nike we've seen it all before Would you be more inclined to buy gear because of this new brand or is it just sort of doesn't really matter you end up buying it anyway I don't think I'll have the attitude of I'll end up buying it anyway as I mentioned I have bought some of Reebok's combat stuff before and not even just the UFC branded stuff like generally they have a very good combat sports selection I may continue to purchase from them I will explore into what Venom have to offer so maybe a fan shirt of a favourite fighter of mine I'm not 100% sure I'll wait and see what they come out with and I'll keep everyone updated when that happens so yeah guys that's the UFC news for this week so moving on from combat sports to our favorite sport we now have the latest news and headlines from the world of football this week we have a lot of interesting topics coming up and martin i want to pass this on to you what do you want to start off this week mate in terms of the world of football so yeah football there's because football is going right now i feel like there's a lot of stories when it comes to like the nfl nba that sort of things they're not quite up and running yet so we're always going to get more stories for the sports are running yeah. but yeah so lots of stories in the football so it's hard to sort of just break it down into one story but because as last week we stayed how I'm a Rayford fan yourself Jordan you're a Hearts fan yep we have the court battle in Scotland again I'm not going to go through the whole court battle thing again but I will give you a little update just a small update so I'm not going to go into too much detail when it comes to this SPFL versus Hearts Partick Thistle court battle if you want to hear that you can go back to episode 1 where we take an in-depth look to it but just a little update on it we do have the three teams who are fighting Partick Thistle and Hearts and that is Dundee United Rafe Rovers and Cove Rangers they have all started fundraisers and asked other teams within the SPFL and fans to help them in the court case as I think I've seen a sum of almost £150,000 which for Scottish football teams is a huge amount of money that's how much it's going to cost these three teams to go ahead with this court battle which actually isn't at a court battle anymore Jordan do you want to say the word since I obviously can't say it what the SPFL had recommended last week as Martin has correctly said we have discussed this in a little bit more detail in the previous episode the decision was made after going to the SPFL to seek a decision that they have recommended this go to an independent arbitrator so we are going through arbitration at the moment with this decision one thing that's been really interesting 
interesting to see is the different reactions from different clubs in regards to what has been going on and of course the financial impact this is having for instance on the clubs you've just mentioned I believe you've got a little bit more of an update on what's going on just now as we speak right now I think I've seen Rafe Rovers fundraiser around about £2,500 after one day just quite an outstanding sum to be fair because these clubs have already had fundraiser to help support the club during Covid so it's almost like a second fundraiser while still trying to fundraise for their own so it's kind of messy a bit but we have fans from the United going from their ground in Dundee obviously walking from there all the way down to Tynecastle it's like a sponsored walk so I think they try and raise as much money as they can wow. and I believe Cove Rangers who's up in Aberdeen they're coming down to Dundee to go with them and then they obviously pass through near Kirkcaldy where Rafe Rovers is and it's sort of like a one big sponsored walk sort of thing which works out for Rafe Rovers really because it's only over one bridge whereas Cove for example they'll be doing hundreds of miles that's some walk it's really interesting it's like a small protest is coming from the Highlands all the way to the Central Belt and especially to Edinburgh specifically it is interesting there is one thing I do want to point out is Hearts did make a statement this week and it does seem to be that all Hearts are able to do at the moment is make statements as we're going through this <laughs> they have specifically said that they are not seeking this decision against Dundee United Rafe Rovers and Cove Rangers they are specifically targeting this at the SPFL they have also said they understand why the three mentioned clubs there have taken the action that they're taking of course it impacts them probably the most directly it is an interesting topic it is also unfortunate that we're seeing these clubs have to ask their fans and other teams within the league for financial support as a Hearts fan I don't I don't like to see it the reason I don't is because I do think these fans have already given so much to their local teams just to be given something that they've already been given they want to keep it and as as a Hearts fan I'm now kind of starting to grow a bit wary of this specific battle within the league I do think Hearts intentions were pure to start with but now it seems that we're in this drawn out process where the club is now having impacts not only on the league and trying to get their message out but we're seeing it more specifically with these teams and their communities we are going through quite a tough period just now of course we have the global situation with COVID-19 with furloughs and people losing their jobs and it would be remiss of us to say that the teams that we're talking about have definitely been impacted in some way shape or form in the communities around them as well of course there's going to be those fortunate that aren't now for me it is something I wish to be over sooner rather than later I do not wish to see this drawn out any longer I think with us both being fans we just kind of want to know what league we're playing in we from my point of view we've been promoted I want to play in the championship you obviously don't you want to play in the premiership so it's just hurry up really that's all I want is just to hurry up but we should point out that this arbitration does start Monday or Tuesday it's one of the two days so it could be done quickly could take another two or three weeks yeah. which I really hope it doesn't but hopefully it's done quickly there is one small point to also bring across and that is if for example places are upheld but Hearts do get the compensation thereafter which if they do get compensation I don't think it'll be the 10 million split between the two teams 8 million to Hearts 2 million to Party Fissel I don't think it'll be that much but just for just humour me a second that if it is 10 million pound mm-hmm. it's not the SPFL that pays that it's the clubs in the SPFL play it's a club membership organisation so if you divide 10 million by the 40 clubs that have to pay it's 42 clubs but obviously Hearts and Party won't pay that's £250,000 per club Wow Which is Which I assume We wouldn't have to pay it All straight away But it's a massive amount Think of the teams In League 1 And League 2 Who probably make that a year 
Like it's incredible. It sort of does come to the point where it might be Hearts and Partick versus the rest of the SPFL. But there are other teams though, such as if we take Falkirk for example, they put out a statement saying that they have not been asked by clubs for a donation. And if they were asked, they would not give it. So it is interesting to see what clubs are doing what, but massive financial burden on these clubs, which yeah. could really be the breaking point. Yeah, and I think that's a really important thing to draw back to. Uh, specifically now that we are an international podcast, there may not be someone who is super familiar with the <laughs> SPFL, but the league that we find ourselves in, that we are supporters of more locally, it isn't the most affluent of leagues. Yes, you do have some exceptions with clubs that are able to go out and spend millions. So these figures that we're talking about when we're saying £10 million, this is the equivalent to the prize money that the top division gets and possibly even more and a quarter of a million pounds per team. If it was to break down like that, of course, we don't know exactly right now if it will. But if it was to break down like that, that is some of the lower league teams' budgets entirely. And I think it is unfair. And this is why, as a fan of football, if I remove myself from the heart's point of view, I don't want this to have a negative impact on the league as a whole. So from the top all the way down to the bottom, as a fan, you don't want to see that. And more specifically, as a Hearts fan, I don't want my team to be associated with the potential destruction of some teams from throughout the leagues. And it is an upsetting thing to consider when you think of that. For instance, I believe, Martin, you'll correct me if I'm wrong, is it Cove that couldn't actually afford to be specifically part of the legal trial? Am I correct in saying that? Yeah, that'll be... Stranraer, Stranraer. On, the, on the side of Hearts and Partick um, Stranraer are obviously getting relegated but they didn't want to be part of the court battle yeah thank, thanks for thanks for the that on me uh, of course you're a bit more concluded on this than me but yeah it certainly certainly is a concern especially to see the impact that this could have overall in the league but if we turn around this dumpster fire of a news story it just seems to be going downhill and downhill and downhill on a more positive note Scottish football and that I cannot explain how happy I am with this is coming back so you've got the Premiership which starts on the 1st of August which is three weeks away that's insane isn't it Jordan yeah the time we're recording we're, we're really close to football coming back which is exciting it is just the Premiership and unfortunately my team won't be part of that this season from the looks of it we'll have to wait and see from the aforementioned topic it is exciting to have football back and have games going on as we've had in other domestic leagues throughout Britain and the rest of Europe so yeah very exciting news I think it's fair to say that the most appetising game there will be Aberdeen at home to Rangers always a tasty fixture that one where Rangers seem to get the better of Aberdeen most of the time so it should be interesting always a battle up there always a battle I'll definitely be tuning in for that one but when we have the championship football back which we should be more interested in Jordan that comes on the 17th of October which is an absolute nightmare for me because that's the missus birthday so I doubt I'll be there first game of the season but I'll certainly be there second yeah it is exciting to think as well as things stands at the moment of course Rafe Rovers your team there Martin and Hearts my team we're both going to be in the championship so it should make for some interesting topics of discussion as the season progresses it is good to have a date on things it is slightly farther away than the start of the premiership but we've waited a while we can wait a little while longer just to get some football going absolutely I'm looking forward to the Rafe Hearts game Whenever it comes, which um, I'm going to coin right now, I may just copyright it 
after I come off this I think we're going to name that the Court Battle Derby I think that sounds good <laughs> yeah the Court Battle Derby I'm sure that's going to sit really well with all the fans involved in that situation so Martin we're talking about of course the SPFL coming back there is actually a league out there that we spoke about last week that is now officially back still back that is tournament co- is called the MLS is back tournament finally we have got some boots on the ground we've got some goals scored We've had some interesting situations happen since the MLS has come back. The opening game, the one game that we'll discuss just now, was the first game of the season, which was Inter-Miami CF, which, for use of you out there that don't know, that's David Beckham's new team within the MLS against Orlando City. In that game, we saw prior to the kickoff that not only the teams that were playing, but also other players from throughout the league took to the pitch prior to the game and to show their support in the Black Lives Matter movement. There was an 8 minute and 46 second demonstration where players were seen to take a knee. Another example of this that we did have within the MLS was the other night we had Thierry Henry taking a knee and raising his fist to the sky for 8 minutes and 46 seconds from kickoff for his team Montreal Impact. Thierry Henry will be a familiar name from the last episode and for most football fans out there now managing the Montreal Impact which is a very powerful message to send I think it really is all these demonstrations are, are all around the world but I feel like they're focused more in America we seem to be doing it that little bit better than everyone else so it is good to see so we've talked about Scottish football Major League Soccer and we'll finish on the Premier League Jordan I, mean, I believe relegation battle we're talking not the top of the table the bottom of the table but as we've already discussed the top of the table has been completely decided by the almighty Liverpool Football Club but we're not talking about <laughs> them today we are indeed talking about the bottom half of the table, specifically the very bottom of the table. Unfortunately, Little Norwich City today, as we record, have had it confirmed that they are relegated. It was a formality based on the results that we've been seeing and the teams around them. But yeah, Norwich City are the first team within the Premier League to be confirmed to be going down. As mentioned last week, I'm not the biggest fan of the Premier League, but I do keep an eye out for the Scottish players. It's a reason why I wouldn't like teams like Aston Villa who's got John McGinn or Bournemouth but Ryan Fraser don't have them but don't have them so he's not signing a new contract West Ham's got Robert Snodgrass so I keep an eye out for these Scottish players I would say West Ham stays up I, I reckon who's in the bottom three right now Bournemouth Aston Villa Norwich I think they're all done I quite like Bournemouth Bournemouth Cherries are quite good yeah um, totally. but it seems like they're done by the looks of it yeah the bottom three, I don't see any movement on that. So Bournemouth and Aston Villa have four games left to play. And Aston Villa, who are the furthest away from safety, currently sits seven points. So there's only 12 points available. They're seven points away. I think it's very unlikely. Bournemouth are only a point above Aston Villa. So yeah, it does seem to be concluded. But at the moment, we still have to wait. Unlike Norwich, who are now conceded to being a championship team for the 2020-2021 season. I think I'm, I'm just going to call it, I've seen the Bournemouth fixtures and I'm just claiming they're down. There's no point in even trying to think about it because they've got four games left. They've got Leicester tomorrow, which is Sunday, which wow. has already be done. And then they've got, they're away to Man City. I see that actually, yeah. Hill. And then you've got them at home to Southampton Southampton have done outstanding after this break and then away at every last game of the season I see them picking up not even a single point there so they're easily yeah. down in my opinion that's interesting and on the other side we have Aston Villa their last four fixtures are against Crystal Palace on Sunday 
So yeah, this this game will be done by the time this is out. They then have Everton on Thursday the 16th, followed by Arsenal and then by West Ham. They could pick up a couple of points here and there from that, but I don't think they're going to pick up enough points to survive this season, unfortunately. Let us know who you think will be in the bottom three. We've obviously got Norwich. Do you think the same as me and Jordan? Aston Villa, Bournemouth down. It looks like it, but if you think different, get in contact. You can edit out that pause. <laughs> yeah, I like it, I like it, I like it. So now we move on to what's probably my favourite part from this week, Jordan. Last week's was interesting. My hot take this week, I believe, is incredibly controversial. Considering football, NFL, I don't think you'll agree with me at all. But I okay. want to hear yours okay. for Jordan. Yo, you want to hear mine? First? I do. Yeah. He's in the audience. Okay, so my hot take for... You in the audience this week, Martin, is, I wouldn't say as controversial uh, as possibly last week's one with me saying the MLS is going to be the best football to watch this summer, because that's just a fact. If you disagree, let me know. (laughs) But my hot take this week is that I predict in the next three to five seasons, we will see Amazon's YouTube, Netflix, and possibly even Facebook be the main place to watch live sports, not just football, not just the NFL, but all sports. So whether you are into any of the sports we've mentioned, whether you like cricket, rugby, golf, I think these are the locations where sports have the most opportunity for growth. I'm saying that the streaming services we currently have available now will be the people to take on the next generation of live sports and we're going to move away from the more premium channels and we may just see like we've saw with YouTube over these past years and even with other Google services for instance that the way that streaming is run and that they're using AdSense so the money they're making from ads will be the thing that powers live sports going forward. That is my hot take this week. I 100% wholeheartedly agree with you. I watched the Premier League on, on Christmas I think it was when Amazon had them I think they had them for like two weeks yeah, yeah. and that was probably my best experience with the Premier League you got to choose any of the games that you wanted to and it was all just fantastically done the graphics were nice they had centers on I just I feel like it was all nicely round well done and I look forward to more games to watch the Premier League if it's on YouTube Facebook Amazon any of them I'd be more inclined to watch them that way than anything else, really. So to get people into watching the Premier League, I'd do it. I'd imagine other people yep. would be the same. I think Amazon are really putting themselves in a position to change the way fans interact with live sports. So I don't know if that's a good hot take or a bad hot take, considering I agreed with you. Is the purpose of, yeah, is the purpose of, of them to disagree, to agree? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's more down to the audience than us, mate, for our hot takes. Our hot takes are for you people out there listening to us right now. Um, I'm interested to find out what Martin's one is. So (laughs) whatever your opinion on my one is, let us know. (laughs) Okay, right. So my hot take this week, I know you're not going to agree with it. There's a lot of people that won't agree with it. But I think you have noticed possibly my love for the NFL and... My hot just, take, just love it. My hot take is I would prefer to watch an American football Super Bowl over mm-hmm. UEFA Champions League. Absolutely not. Like, come on. I'm sorry, mate. 
Absolutely not, mate. What is that? That that. I think we're just going to end the podcast now. And like, oh, so I tried. That, that's that's horrible. That is horrible. Absolutely not. I tried <laughs> looking at some stats for this because I thought surely it's close. Surely it's close, but it's it's absolutely no, it's not. When it comes to viewers, it's nowhere near. But I like <laughs> I like the experience of the NFL Super Bowl. I do. I love it. I would much. It's it's, it's just more fun. More. But it's better to watch than a Champions League in my opinion I'm a football soccer football fan more than anything else I love it I love the sport but I would rather I might even say Jordan right? I might even say I'd watch the Super Bowl over World Cup final oh my goodness that's that no, one's close no. to be fair the Champions League one no, is no. nowhere near but that one's close maybe because the World Cup only happens every four years I might watch that instead but no, no. Um, so, guys, just so you know, we are looking for a new host now after the end of this one. So, what is that? Okay, have you got the numbers there in front of you? This, this is this is unreal. Like, I, I, give me, give me numbers, give me facts, figures. What's the difference? Like, I don't imagine it's anywhere close. Surely, like, surely not. The only figures that I, that pop in the top of my head is the audience. So, Super Bowl. 2019 had mm-hmm. 100 million viewers, which is a huge amount. Huge, amount. Yeah, massive, absolutely massive, mate. And that's all you need to know. Oh, oh, absolutely not, mate. Absolutely <laughs> not. So we we had two things. There we had two things. We had the World Cup and the Champions League. What, what? Which one have we got? Have we got one of them? The Champions League final, 2018. Which one? Did you say, oh no, no. Let's just not talk about that final. <laughs> <laughs> and that was. 380 million so almost four times as much as the Super Bowl so well that doesn't really matter though it's, it's, it's my hot take my rules so Super Bowl Isn't over Champions League I think you just need to watch a Super Bowl Jordan when was the last time you watched one? That's exactly a silence that's a good question silence is, answers my question uh, I I like to watch the halftime shows and all the trailers. <laughs> That's why I like the Super Bowl. You just like the nothing. Beyonce, Shakira, Coldplay. Right, I see. Uh, yeah, is that who played this year? I don't even know. See, there we go. <laughs> see, I, I I'm I'm one of those two hundred and almost three hundred extra million people that do not watch the Super Bowl and just pay attention to Champions League because I get to see teams such as the wonderful Liverpool lift that trophy but yeah okay so I've got, I've got a question for you then just to, just to round this off just to end this you have a choice okay you get to go to any state to any city and watch the, the Super Bowl or you get to go to any country any stadium okay just okay just just let me stop you here I know where this is going and easily with a shadow of a doubt I'd pick going to watch a Super Bowl me in person in the stadium Super Bowl over Champions League final doesn't even matter who's playing the Champions League final it could be the two worst NFL teams playing in the Super Bowl and I'd choose that over a Champions League final nah nah man okay okay right I think I think there's there's nowhere to go from there is there there's absolutely nowhere to go <laughs> so guys I want to say from myself as the now solo host of this podcast that thank you so much <laughs> for listening to this week's episodes all our conversations our hot takes everything do, do we agree with Martin? Do we not? Should we find a replacement? 
what, what's what should happen here <laughs> but honestly guys thank you so much we've had so much fun putting these together it has been stressful at times over the past two weeks but we are learning so your feedback is paramount to us developing getting better at this and giving you the content that you guys want so please let us know on all our social media and that's a massive thank you from me for listening and a massive thank you for me as well we had a goal a certain amount of listeners we wanted I'm not going to state what that number was but we more than doubled those numbers so that's purely all down to you liking sharing engaging and we can't thank you enough if we get anywhere near those numbers second time round we'll be ecstatic so again from me and from Jordan we thank you both from the bottom of our heart so thank you so much thank you so much guys have a good week we'll see you next time bye Bye.